presence of God for some of you that want to press past the complacency of your life. What do I mean? Because I feel a conflicting spirit in the room right now. I feel a tug in both directions. I feel the Lord pulling on people and I feel complacency. I sense it and some of you are like, yeah, that's kind of me right now. Like you just came in a little apathetic, a little tired, a little energyless. But like something is just not letting you press in. You, know, you can have a quiet moment, you can have a sitting moment. I'm not talking about that. Many of them are just laying there. I'm not talking about the expression. I'm talking about the heart posture. There are plenty of times. Look, I, I'm a professional Christian, if you didn't know. A Christian for a living. Not everyone Christians for a living. There are times where I wake up on a Sunday morning like, I don't even want to go there to that church this morning. I certainly don't want to preach this morning. There are moments where I have to press past my mess. Where I have to get past myself where I'm being complacent or I'm tired, right? Times where I've just traveled for 10 days. I woke up this morning energized, so I'm not talking about today. But there are times where I've come home from traveling and I'm like, oh, one more sermon. And I have to press past my mess. And usually in those moments when I'm weak, he's strong. In those moments, God shows up in power and might. In the times where I'm not in it. And there used to be a time where I thought that I needed to be in it to draw him into it. And I found out that our God is faithful. I found out that God shows up even when I don't. I found out that God's prepared when I'm unprepared. I found out that there is truth to the, to the scripture that says, be ready in all seasons. In season and out of season, be ready. That there's something about that, that even when I feel unready, the Holy Spirit is ready. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to dictate and discern and lead and steer and guide your life, there will be moments that you don't feel you're prepared for, but the second they come, Holy Spirit takes over because he's ready and he's in you. All you have to do is just allow him to work through you. And when you allow the Holy Spirit, when you allow the Lord to be the one that guides, that tugs, that pulls on you, you'll see miraculous things come out of you even when you feel unprepared. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this situation. But somehow, Lord, you just made it work. Somehow I just trust you. Like the footprints in the sand. You look back and realize there was only one set and he was carrying you. That in all areas of your life, when the Lord is allowed to be the first, to be the one that goes ahead of you, You'll be prepared for each one of those seasons. There was this moment where we were in Illinois that, that caught me, that captured me for a moment. I just shook in his presence for a moment. I was with my friend David Andrade, and David, uh, we were so blessed. While the church services were great, some of our team missed it, but he came by the Airbnb we were staying at, and he just started sharing stories of his 
former days and the generals he's ran with and the the political figures and the behind the scenes of prayer moments with the highest national uh, national political figures and uh, national generals and and what God was doing over our nation in, in seasons that he has been an eyewitness to. And he was sharing some of those stories and I was so overwhelmed. And I'm like, this is incredible. And he's sharing with me about these moves of God that no one's ever heard of before. And it felt like an honor and a privilege to be a part of witnessing what Holy Spirit has done through other men that I've never heard of before. And David has walked with generals. And I know his relationship with the Lord. So we get to the service and he gets up and he says, I'm just going to take a couple of minutes. I'll keep this short, which is Greek for I'm probably not going to stop. When someone says they're going to keep it short, what they're saying is I'm trying to keep your attention before you realize it's long and tune me out. You're like, wait a second. Short ended five minutes ago. My son has timed me many times when I said I'm closing with this. So he gets up and he's like, I I just want to talk about the the offering tonight. So he's taking the offering, but he reads this scripture. He had been by the house earlier and then he left and the team had left to go minister. Uh, They did a a panel, just the team. It's the first time our ministry team has done uh, ministry teaching in a church setting without me. And so they were the ones in position. I was excited to watch them step into that. And uh, while they were gone, I just sat there and I was like, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And I began to read the scripture and, and God had me turn to a book I'm very familiar with, but very, very rarely get to to read, but I'm very familiar with it. If you've ever heard me teach on how to hear God's voice, then you know Habakkuk. And the Lord had me turn there, but not to those couple of scriptures that I teach out of. But I'm reading there, and I stop on 2.14, and I'm just stuck. And when I mean stuck, I mean I'm just, I'm like, Lord, I don't know why, but this scripture is just bursting out, bursting at me. It's coming to life in front of me. And I don't know what you're trying to say right now, but I know that I'm captured by this scripture. It's got my full attention and I'm pondering it for 20 minutes. I'm just sitting there staring at it. Like, I don't know, but something about this just feels like the moment. No divine revelation or, oh, that's a great illustration. None of that. No preacher talk. Just something about that captured my heart. Have you ever had a moment with the Lord where he just captured your heart and had your undivided attention for no reason? And he had my heart and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what it is about this scripture, but something about this. I don't know how to work this into what I say. I don't know that it has anything to do with it. I just know that for whatever reason, my eyes won't come off this. And we get there and David begins to do the offering. And he says, the Lord brought me to this scripture. Habakkuk 2.14. Does anybody in the room know it? And I'm like, no, he didn't. Yes, I do. So I quoted it with him. And it looked like I was just a good scholar, but he didn't know I had been reading it. 
two hours before that for 20 minutes. And so I knew the Lord was moving in that moment. Everyone else is like, oh, time to give. But God was moving in that moment. And there are times, sometimes, that you could be sitting in an atmosphere that God is stirring up, that God is moving in, and you miss the moment because you're unaware because you were not pressing in before the moment. See, if I had just come there and not spent time with God, I would have sat there and go, giving message, Habakkuk 2.14, cool. But because I had spent time seeking God, I was in the moment with Him. There are times where you come into and gather on Sundays. I want to encourage you this morning. Don't come in trying to get me to provide a moment. I'm here to confirm the moment you already had. There is something powerful about walking into service and going, oh my gosh, that's the, he's reading the scripture I read this morning. Lord, I'm right there with you. I'm right on. I can't believe he's talking about how many of you have had an encounter with the Lord here because you already read it and then I said it. And you're like, he stole my sermon I've been working on. I was going to preach that to my dog today. Some of you, that's your only service. I get it. You got to practice where you practice. I was going to post that later. Now I got to put Brandon and Jim. But because I had had an intimate encounter with the Lord for myself, because I had pressed into his presence for myself, it was not a giving message, but I knew that God was in the message. So I did something I'd never done. They took up the offering and I took it up again. I've never done that. You've never heard me do it here, right? I've never come up here and said, let's give again. And if you guys think I'm building to a giving moment, I'm not, so just chill out. Some of you, I just saw your shoulders go, oh gosh. (laughs) We're not gonna take up an offering at the end, you're fine. But I went up there and took it up again. And it was like, the Lord is on this moment. There's something about this that's for tonight. And some of you that didn't give into his word that he gave, you just missed your moment. And you were going back and forth. And I'm not saying, if the Lord told you to give a dollar, give a dollar, don't give a thousand. I said, but if you were going back and forth, whether to give, you missed your moment. Just for those that were teeter-tottering and decided not to, you just missed something. And I don't want you to miss it, so I'm gonna bring the baskets back up. And I said, only if the Lord is prompting you, but I want you to take a second. I explained it to him. That's something I've never done, nor would I, because most that feels sticky. That feels televangelist. So I, it had to be the Lord, because I'm like. <laughs> but I knew the Lord had, had get it, but I knew it was something for the season of the saints, what he was talking about that needed to be given into. But I feel like this morning, I felt like this was also for us here this morning. I'm not talking about the giving part, but this word. Let me read this to you, Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth will be filled with knowing the glory of Adonai as the waters cover the sea. See, it's not that spectacular on its surface. For the earth will be filled with knowing the glory of Adonai as the water covers the sea. But something about this as I was reading all of chapter 2 just stopped me. And I read it. 
And then I went back and read the ones before and read it again. And I couldn't get away from it. And then he read that about giving. For the earth will be filled with the knowing, the glory of Adonai as the waters cover the sea. And the Lord, I'm like, Lord, where do the waters not cover the sea? Literally anywhere that you call the sea, the waters cover. Anywhere the waters don't, you don't call the sea, you call it island, land. I was reading an article about scientists are trying to get, geologists are trying to get an eighth continent declared. Um, Zealandia, which is where New Zealand is. But they figured out it's not an island out there, that it's actually a continent that is now sunk. Most of it. Zealandia, and they're saying it deserves to be a continent. And they're talking about that, that. And I'm like, it's not a continent if it's under the ocean. It's the ocean. And I'm pondering that idea, but then I see this. For the earth will be filled with knowing the glory of Adonai as the water covers the sea. And I said, yes, Lord, let the whole earth be filled with your glory. And the Lord said, that's not what it says. It says, for the earth is filled with his glory already. See, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, his glory covers the earth. We learn about the glory of God covering the earth from the very beginning. It says that the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the water. Before the earth was even made into what it is today. It said it was in chaos and water covered the surface of the deep. But it said that his Spirit was hovering over the water. And here it is again. The glory of Adonai is the water covers the sea. But this one isn't saying that the glory will cover the sea. It already does cover the sea, and it has been since the beginning. It means his glory is already covering the earth. Lord, we just want to see more of you. We want to see your glory pour out. We want to see an encounter. It's already right here. The problem is not getting the glory. The problem is removing the veil from our eyes to see what he's doing. To live in his presence. Not hoping it shows up, but recognize it's here. God, I don't know where you are. That's because your eyes are closed. We're in a perpetual game of hide and seek while we're walking around blind. But it says this. It doesn't say that the whole earth will be filled with his glory. I know there's a scripture. But this one says, for the earth will be filled with knowing, knowing the glory of Adonai as the water covers the sea. You see, there's a difference. This is not about the glory of God coming. It's about the saints knowing. It's about us getting to a revelation of saying, Lord, I know about your presence. I steward your presence. Well, Lord, I love you. I know about your love. Lord, I know your word. I read your word. I got your word down. See, there's a lot of churches that know the word that know his love, but they don't know his glory. They don't know his presence. They don't know what it's like to encounter the tangible presence of God, the glory of God, the power of God. I would say that most of them don't encounter his power because they really don't encounter his love. They know his word. They know his law. 
You know, there's been a ton of conversations that I have had with people about theology, where they ask me questions about theology. Are you supposed to do it this way? Are you supposed to do it that way? And I have to remind them all the time when they get lost in theological discussions, what's the heart of God in this matter? What is God's heart in this matter? When you're interpreting the word of God, but you are absent the heart of God, you will always misunderstand God. When you are interpreting the word of God, without the heart of God, you will misunderstand God. If I try to understand, Lord, do you want me to do it this way or that way, and I don't understand his heart for me, I'll get lost in rules and regulations that make no sense. You know, judges are supposed to take the letter of the law and rule on it. But if you listen to most judges, what they'll tell you is, is that in order for us to rule on the law, we have to not just understand what the law says, but what the intention of the law is. What's the intent of this? Many times there are laws that if a judge rules on the letter of the law, it will bring injustice into the world. Well, the law says, what's the intent of the law? What was the objective intent that that law was meant to address or correct? So that the letter of the law is not abused. How do I know that's how God sees it? Because we see that example with Jesus and Satan in the wilderness. It says that he was taken by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy into the desert. And it says that Satan used the letter of the law. He quoted scripture to Jesus. He used exactly what scripture says, the letter of the law. And Jesus responded with scripture that gave the heart of God. He gave back the intention of God not the letter of the law. And the problem is, is when we've on, what we've only done is know the word, but not know the word. We just had a great conference where we learned more about healing. The one takeaway from that is that we should know the healer more than the healing. That if we don't know the healer, then the better strategies and better models will really come to nothing. And they'll be more void of power and authority because the heart is missing. And so I read this and it's like, for the whole earth will be filled with knowing the glory of Adonai as the water covers the sea, that everyone, there is coming a season and a time where God's presence and power will be so manifest into the world that there has to be a knowing. It doesn't say a believing. It doesn't say an acceptance. It doesn't say a surrender. It says a knowing. It says that the world will know and they'll have to choose between the two. I know God's real. I just choose not to or I choose to. But the world, there's coming a season where the church is waking up to the power of his glory, to the power of his presence, where the world will have to know and make a decision. They can't unsee what they've seen. The most powerful witness that you can have in all the world, I don't care what you have, is making sure
where someone can't unsee the glory of God. I have a picture here. If they could put it up, there's a little girl in that picture. There's something powerful about the knowing of God's glory, about encountering God's glory and being able to not unsee what you've seen. God's power and not unsee what you've seen. So we, we were in Illinois, and I was running through the altar, and I got ahead of myself. I, you know, I'm excited. So I didn't bother to give an altar call of salvation. But we came up to this beautiful little 10-year-old girl, and I'm just praying for everyone at the altar, and everyone's getting wrecked really quick, so I'm just, fire, and I get to her, and she's like, right? And I'm like, and so she puts her hands out, and I grab her, and I start praying for her, and she looks at me like, you're weird. But then I look down, and her legs are trembling. And I'm praying for her. And she goes, uh, why are my legs trembling? And I was like, that's the glory of God. That's the power of God on you right now. And she goes, yeah, that's weird. And I was like, well, you're the one shaking, not me. You're weird. And she's like, uh, no. And I'm like, that's, she goes, why are my legs shaking? And I was like, God is touching you. What? And she, touching me. Like, she's, like that freak. I was like, okay, that's, a, okay, let me reinterpret. Let me just say that a different way. And so I said, it's like a light socket. Would you put your finger in a light socket? She's like, no, that would hurt. And I'm like, because it's a lot of power going into your body. What happening right now is the most powerful thing in all the world is having an encounter with you and your flesh doesn't know how to handle all that power. And she's like, yeah, still weird. Understand, she's shaking. And she's going like this. It's really weird. And I was like, you're okay, you're okay. She's like, I know. Like, she didn't have a grid for any of this. And so I tried to explain it again. And I just realized she didn't have a grid. And she's like, why would God want to do that? Like, why is that the way he wants to touch me? And I'm like, I've never looked at it like that. I don't know. So I said, I, I told her, I was like, he's trying to do something in you. And so as a, as just a byproduct of his presence being so close to you, as a byproduct of his presence being so close to you, your body can't handle that power. And she's like, oh. And so I said, it's not me. Am I, am I shaking? And she's like, no. I said, is it you? Do you just shake when people come up and hold your hands? No. I was like, well, it's not me. It's not you. It must be him. And she's like, okay. And so I said, watch this. I love the genuineness of children because they will tell you if you're being a charismaniac. I'm like, oh, kind of. So I said, put out your hands. I'm not even going to touch you. It's not me. So I put my hands above her and start to pray. 
And I'm like half a second, I don't know, a minute, three seconds. I don't know. It was real quick. Like that. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, just come. And I smile at her and she goes, am I supposed to be feeling something? I said, just wait a second. <sighs> Kids. So I'm like, just wait a second. Be patient. She's like, oh, okay. So I pray for her again. And she's like, that's weird. <laughs> she couldn't get over the weirdness of it, but the power of God was hitting her to the point she fell down into the seat. And the power of God hit this 10-year-old girl. I didn't realize till one of my team members came up afterwards and was like, honey, have you ever accepted Jesus? And she's like, uh-uh. And she goes, you want to do that now? Uh-huh. <laughs> Very weird, but I'll take it. <laughs> Welcome to the weirdos. So then after that, I, I, we had done some baptisms that night, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But we did some baptisms that night, and she got baptized in that tank, and the power of God hit her and slew her in the tank. Amen? A 10-year-old who thought all this was kind of strange. She was watching people getting prayed for. She came to the altar like, okay, I'm going to come up here, but this is really strange. These people are falling down and crying, and like, I don't know what's happening. Like, it was, she wasn't freaked. She was just like... Is this? And so the genuineness of God and the fact that she was sitting there watching. And so she's telling me about how what she is feeling is weird. It's strange. She doesn't understand it. But she knows it's not her. She knows it's not me. She realizes this is the Lord. She doesn't understand why, how, or what for. But she can't unsee what she's seen. So in the middle of going, this is strange. I don't understand why God would like make my body shake. But I know there's a God. I can't unsee what I've just seen. I can't unfeel what I just felt. And I know about the glory of God now. It might seem weird to me. It might be out of my cultural box. It might be out of my understanding. But I cannot deny that which I have encountered. And there's coming a season that God's spirit is pouring out on all flesh. And there is a knowing of his glory that the world will not be able to deny. That you need to make a choice of whether or not you carry and pour out. Are you going to be a carrier? Or are you going to be a courier? You can carry his glory, and that's great for you, but a courier delivers it. A courier pours it out. Oof. Don't make me have to preach. Better catch this. Better catch this. So one of the things I've been fascinated about is, you guys have seen what's happening in our baptismal waters. If you haven't, well, you're missing it. So God started doing something wild in our baptisms, and they're not like normal baptisms. And so I've wondered for a while, this glory that's happening in our baptism where people are being slammed down, just, just getting drunk in the Spirit. If you don't know what that means, yes, you do. Holy Spirit, drunk. Acting like you're drunk, but not drunk. Okay? If you haven't ever experienced that or seen that, that's kind of the best definition turns out that the, the, the goodness of God is better than the, 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 the produce of a vine. And it overwhelms your system. 
And so God's been doing things where people are walking out of our water completely transformed. Oh, well, that's great. They got drunk in the spirit. They had an encounter. They fell down backwards, whatever. They fall down at the altar. What does that mean? What, is, what does that serve? What, what good is that? Nothing. Nothing. Falling down at the altar doesn't is nothing. Sometimes that's just charismania. I mean, be honest. So what? So you fell down. The Lord just, just knocked me over. Well, what'd you get out of it? What happened to you? Did you have an encounter with God? Did you get up more holy? Did you get up more encouraged? Did you get up more on fire for the Lord? If there's no fruit from it, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was just you wanting to be part of the cool kids club. Never in your life when you were little did you think that would be a definition of the cool kids club. <laughs> But, but I've wondered for a season, Lord, Lord, is this glory that's attached, that's happening in this house, is it attached to our house? Is it attached to me? Uh, is it attached to, like, what is it attached to? Is there something that it's attached to? It doesn't have to be attached to anything, but it can be. Paul sent handkerchiefs. The, the power of God was on that handkerchief. When it touched people, they got healed. So the glory of God can be attached to something. So I'm like, Lord, is it attached to something? We went to a tent revival in our city and I showed the youth pastor how to baptize. I stood back and he began to baptize and the power of God came. So I said, okay, it's not attached to our building, but I was still present. I'm like, is it attached to me? And then they started doing baptisms and it was happening without me. I was never there. Lord, it's not attached to me. It's, a, it's not about me or an anointing or an impartation. I was like, Lord, do I have to impart this in order for this to happen? I realize it's in the Bible, it's scriptural, but is it an impartation? I lay hands on people. The Bible says, I, I long to lay hands on you that I might release spiritual gifts. Is it attached to me? Do I have to lay hands to see these baptisms? And so I've had all these questions that I've been asking the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it has nothing to do with your impartation. It has to do with them knowing. They just need to know it's possible. They just need to know it's scriptural. They just need to know what they've never seen. And once they see it, they can't unsee it. And now that they know it, they'll walk in it. There is something about what you know that will activate God in your life. I know that he's faithful. Do you? Because it doesn't seem like you're trusting him lately. If you know that he's faithful, why are you worried about that bill? If you know that he's faithful, why are you worried about that marriage? If you know that he's faithful, why are you worried about that ministry? If you know that he's faithful, why are you worried about that promotion? Your worry is you not knowing. Your anxiety is you not trusting. But if your knower knows, if you really know, then it will cover you like the surface of the sea. All of you under that knowing. So I'm like, now you know. I told the church, now you know. Now you know what baptisms look like. Now do it. I got to be with my friend. How many of you guys went to greater things? S some of you. I got to be with my friend Jay Peters. Who is that guy? If you were at greater things and you were in jo Joanne Moody's session, she showed a video of her baptizing people in the bathroom of a church. And in order to fill it up, they put shofars up to the sink. The big, long shofar the ram's horns and they put it up to the sink so it ran like a funnel water into the baptismal and they baptized people in a stinky men's bathroom that had been used all day for the conference 
And she showed that like, look at God's glory. And so I decided that was pretty cool. But, but we could do something maybe even cooler. So by accident, of course. So when we were in Decatur, the first place we went to, I said, man, I wish we could do baptisms tonight. And the pastor said, yeah, there's a trough, but we don't have any way to put water in it. So I turned to my friend, Jay Peters, from that video that filled up the water in there. And I said, man, I'd love to do baptisms, but they don't have a water source. And Jay went, let me see what I can do. This is a man who can get it done. And so the same guy in that video with the Jesus van baptizing people with Joe Moody, he runs outside, comes in 15 minutes later and says, it's full, we can do it. I ran a 200-foot hose from the neighbors. Hopefully he asked. I didn't ask. So all of a sudden, when it gets about time to do baptism, something crazy happened. It started to torrential downpour and thunder and lightning everywhere. And I went to walk outside, and it's just a sheet of, of water. And I was like, well, the tank's definitely full now. Turns out it would have filled itself up. So I told the pastor, we're going to do baptisms. And the pastor's like, I told him, we don't have any water. What's he going to do? Put him in a mud puddle? Like, I know it's raining. You're just going to move him around in the rain for a while? Immersed. He walks outside, sees the tank. We go to baptize the very first people. And I think I have a picture I can show you of that. I think you saw it earlier. We baptized, so we baptized, I don't know, maybe a dozen people more than that, but that's one of them right there. We're soaking wet. When I mean soaking wet, I mean soaking, sopping, totally drenched from the rainwater, and there's a dozen people. It was only gonna be four people, and the line kept filling up, kept filling up, kept filling up with people saying, I wanna be baptized. The very first person I took out to the tank, Jay looks at me and goes, uh, there's a lot of lightning. Should we be doing this? And I'm like, no, of course not. And we're going to do it. Why? Because I wore my lightning bolt shirt. That's why. If you look at my shirt, that, I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes God speaks to you in strange ways. So I looked and I saw the lightning and I was like, this is not intelligent. This is not wisdom right here. Okay. And I was like, but I'm wearing the lightning bolt shirt. That's the truth. Because that earlier that day when I went to get dressed, I put on a black dress shirt and I started to put on clothes and I thought, I should wear the lightning shirt. I should wear that. And I was like, oh no, but I have to wear jeans with that. It's more casual. I want to start out the first service being a little more dressed up. I don't know. They don't know me yet. I can get casual as we go. And I'm thinking that and I, and I was like, ah. So I started to second guess what I wanted to do. And then I just heard, call David and ask him. So I called David and I said, hey, should I be more dressy? What should I do? And, and he goes, no, 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 casual. I'm like, yes. So I put on my lightning bolt shirt. I just knew I had to wear it. I go downstairs and Crystal sees me. And she goes, I knew it. I put on my lightning bolt pants. I knew it. I was like, he's going to come down with his lightning shirt. We've done that five times without communicating. And I said, well, tonight's going to be, there's going to be some, there's going to be some power and lightning happening. We're going to start some fires. Let's go. I didn't know we were going to be baptizing in a, in a lightning storm. We only got electrocuted twice. Hopefully, luckily it was the Holy Spirit, so we're okay. The power of God showed up in that tank. People got radically messed up, and I'm like, okay, Lord. 
That was one of the coolest experiences of my life is baptizing people in the middle of a lightning thunderstorm. So cool. And then we went to another church the next night and then Thursday. And Thursday night, we did baptisms. They heard about the baptisms. They're like, yes, we want to do that. So they filled up a trough. It was a skinny trough. So I had to pray for everyone to have miracle weight loss before they got in the tank. They were not upset at me at all about that prayer. And, and we've had some crazy baptisms here, and I didn't think they could be beat. My knower didn't know. I did not know. So I, we don't have this as a full video yet. I'll piece it together, but I just wanted to show you two of these that I'm like, I think this wins. I think this, be, I've never seen. So I just want to show you one, one that you'll go, okay, we've seen that here. But one of them was like, oh, I understand the water was cold outside. So nobody wanted to sit down in the tanks. They wanted to stand and wait for God to show up. And I'm like, this is dangerous. Like, when you go out, you go out. And so they didn't want to like sit in the water. So they kept making us pull them up to standing. They kept trying to stand up so we would help them. So I'll just let you just play that. So we baptized in total about 40 people, and they looked about like this. Before anyone thinks anything gross, that's sulfur, that they have sulfur in their water, so it has a rust color. Come out, every spiritual gift, come out right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We say and then I'm going to show you a second one that happened. Right now, in Jesus' name. About three minutes in. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to show you all of it. I told you we didn't clip it, so this is just raw footage. I've than... never seen this before. She's not conscious. Watch your face if you can see it. Watch your face. She's not smiling. I want you to point that out. This woman is not smiling. Wait till she turns. She is gone. Oh, just wait. This is just a warm-up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was gonna cut this short, but this is great. Let's just keep watching for you guys okay? I'm trying not to laugh if you didn't catch that. In a minute, I start looking at them going, what is this? She's taking the action, but if you look at me, I'm trying to hold it in really bad. 
see, Mark and I had anointed our beards earlier, so there was a special anointing on the bearded brothers of... Oh, we weren't ready for that one. We were not ready. Okay, see if we can fast forward just a tiny bit where she tries to get out of the tank. Yeah, it just keeps going. Jesus. <laughs> She would have fallen on the concrete. We don't want to go that way. Yes. More fast oh well. Back it up. A little bit more. Yeah, leave her right there. Oh. Oh I just want to point out there's video evidence of Shoshana not helping me like she said she was. Oh gosh. She's oh, falling wow. backwards. I'm like, Shoshana, take her. And she's like, I got her. Where are your hands? Just watch. No, she goes, I got yeah. her, but her hands are not on her. Okay, that was new. Okay, that was new. I didn't even get to prophesy over her, but I felt like as she began to dance, I saw. Amen. Somebody. So the power of God showed up in the baptisms. We baptized about 40 people. That one was not normal. She wasn't and the power of God showed up. Look, there was a lot of miracles that happened while we were gone. Um, prayed for a man who was deaf in his left ear, and his ear opened up where he could hear better in his left ear than his right ear. Uh, and then Mark finished praying for him, and the rest of it opened up. And then Mark prayed over his eye. Um, he was a veteran and had been wounded in combat in his eye. Uh, and he, it, like, he had one eye that was damaged, so he couldn't really see out of it hardly at all. And God healed his eye completely where he could read to the back of the church wall covering up his good eye it was completely and totally healed god did so many healings we saw legs grow out we saw knees restored we saw we just saw all kinds of miracles all kinds of things uh literally dean prayed over a woman and the all of the people surrounding saw her bones she had something wrong with her bones up here and literally saw her collarbone and her bones pop and move through her skin until it placed and popped out of her skin. They literally, all of them were gasping. I caught the moment on video, but you can't see, it was across the room. So you can hear and, and you, know, you know what's going on, but you can't see the bone. I was so sad that we didn't get up close, but they all witnessed and gasped as they watched her bones pop back and move into place, physically moving as they were watching them. Yeah, not just, uh, it's healed, that's straight, but literally watching the bone twist and go into its right place dropped about an inch, her sh shoulder just literally moved an inch and then moved over and popped in place. Like unbelievable signs and wonders. We saw God move just such powerful ways. A and here's the thing is that one of the things that I teach everyone to do is 
if you've seen it, go pray for it because you have faith for it, right? Because you've seen it or it's done to you. When someone gets healed of, of a deaf ear or a blind eye, I'll ask, is there anyone else with that condition? This, this person's going to pray for you because now they have the faith for it, right? And really, it's less about the faith for it as it is the knowing. I now know God will do that. I now know that's within the realm of possibility. All I need to know is that he'll use me to do it. And here's what I want to say one more time, just as I said in the middle of worship. Sometimes we get it so backwards. We're like, Lord, if I can just press into your presence, then you'll show up. And he's like, do you really think you are more faithful than I am? That you would have to coax me into showing up. That I may or may not show up. I am faithful. I showed up. Will you know that I'm there and press into my presence? But Lord, I don't feel you. That's because you're not feeling. It's us that's disconnected, not him. And God wants us to know that he's there, to know that he wants to pour out his glory. So the pastor's like, okay, this is great. I was like, are you going to do it like this from now on? He's like, yeah, how do I do it? I was like, you know, it happens. So just give the Holy Spirit a minute. Do we need to pray special? Do we need to do anything? No, just wait on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you baptize. So I told all of them the same thing. When we baptize you, Either the Holy Spirit will put you under himself or when you feel like you're ready for that moment, you go under. You go back and you baptize yourself. But I will not push you. If you want to sit there for five minutes, I'm going to get frustrated waiting on you. But I will not push you. It will be you that makes that decision or Holy Spirit that does it, one of the two. And what ends up happening is there are some people who they dunk themselves. They're like, okay, I'm ready. And they go back and they dunk themselves. But as soon as they come up, the power of God will hit them. And so the first time it might be them, but the second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth, 20th, 37th. <laughs> people were coming up with the first baptism happened. People were coming up and they're choking. And I was like, nobody fakes that. Nobody gulps water on purpose. They'd be like, that'll be fun. The power of God showed up because they had a knower. Because they knew that God's glory was there. Because the people administering the service knew that God's glory is there. And so here's my question to you. What do you know about God? And what do you believe about God covering your situation? Is he only covering part of your situation? The word says there's a knowing that the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The hope of salvation is this. God is not just covering your spirit into heaven. There is a belief inside the church that the point of church and the point of this word is just to slip you into heaven some way, just to get you there. And there is not a belief that God is covering the rest of your life as well, that his spirit is hovering over your life. I don't know if you knew this, but you're 70% water. So at least 70% is covering you. That God's presence is hovering over your life. That the glory of God is hovering over your life. And that it's ready and willing to be activated. God's presence is there waiting to move in your life. 
It's not waiting till you have theological training. It's not waiting until you just step up and learn enough about the word. It's not waiting until you've gotten over your issues. It's not waiting until you have a platform to do it. God wants to move over your life in every area, in every situation, every relationship, every financial situation, even down to what shirt you wear for the day. Who would have thought a simple shirt would give me the information to go, <laughs> it was lightning before I got out here. There was already lightning. And I was like, Lord, should we do this? And I'm like, I am wearing the lightning shirt. I feel like that was the Lord telling me, warning, letting me know what was about to happen. It was my green light or flash of light. And God letting me know to move forward. He wants to cover every situation. He wants to speak into every situation. He wants to be your guiding light. He wants to use you in mighty ways. You know, I, I just took a team of, of nine people. It was amazing. Of nine people, nine days across two states, 10 days, something like that. 200 days, I don't remember anymore. Multiple services, I preached six times. And the power of God showed up mightily. And our team was blessed. Like this trip was crazy blessed. The, the, the lodging for the entire trip was paid for by the team, by the other churches. They took care of it. They said, we want to bless you. So they paid no lodging. And then they did a, a, a panel and our entire team became itinerant ministers. They got a love offering for their service they did. And so our whole team, instead of just traveling with me and paying their own expenses, got to be paid professional Christians. <laughs> they got to walk into a new level of God's glory for their life. Not just waiting on Pastor Ren to do it. I want you to catch that. It's if you're waiting on me to do the outpouring for you, if you're waiting on me to, to speak the words to you all the time, you're going to wait a while. Some of you in here are going, I just know, I just know today's my day. Today's the day that Pastor Ren's going to single me out and prophesy over my life. Well, I don't know if you know this, but our church is growing, which means that statistically you're going to wait longer. <laughs> so you know what would be great is if you knew the glory of God for yourself. Our church has always been about one thing. We're a church. We call ourselves a church, but really the definition of our church is an apostolic training center or an apostolic hub. And if you're, you're new to Christianese, let me explain that one to you because you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know. Um, it means we're a place that teaches and trains up uh, people to walk in all the giftings that the Lord has provided for us, all the offices, all the giftings, everything that's available that God has called out of your life. My desire and my heart is that you know, not just the glory of God, but that you know what he's called you to do. That, he, that you know what he says about you. That you know what he's prepared for you. So that you know the table that God has given you to dine at. So that you can walk in the fullness for your life. I am telling you that that if you remain at this church for any length of time, there's only really one way to do it. If you stay at this church and stay engaged and plug in, I promise you that you, if you just come and puce it, I can't help you. 
But if you plug in and dig in and say, I want to be there, I promise you, if you come to this church for any length of time, you will have to discover your identity. You must walk into your destiny. There is no exception to that rule. As long as you are plugged in and saying, I am chasing after it, I promise you that what happens here to you is you turn dangerous for the kingdom of God. You start to walk in power and authority. So if you come here and say, I just was looking for a church that I could check church off the box and get my wife off my back, you have picked the wrong place. You have been drawn into a place that will turn you into who God's called you to be. And I want you to know him at that level. I want you to have an understanding of the glory of God in this house. So Father, would you just help us to know your glory in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, I don't want them to just hear about your glory. I don't want them to hear testimonies. I want them to be a testimony. I don't want them to just view pictures of a testimony. I want their life to be a picture of a testimony. I want the power of God, Lord, to touch them as you've touched those in other states when we go. That when I come back home, there should be something for them. Not leftovers, but level ups. So Father, right now, there are people in this room that when I said that word level up, something jumped inside of you right there and you said, that's me, I want to level up. I want to level up. I'm tired of just playing Christian. I'm tired of just going to church going, Lord, please, but please just help, just help. I'm tired. I'm tired of Christian victim mentality of we run behind the Father because we're so scared of the enemy always smushing us. That I want us to be the forefront. I want us to level people up to a different level. And there are people in this room right now where you say, Lord, I want to level up. A level up also means I'll take my level up and I'll do what I'm called to do. If God gives you weapons, you use them. You use the, the, the gear of your assignment. And God says there's a level up available in this church in this season. That God says he's going to level people up quicker in this season. There'll be a jump forward, a leap forward in their leveling up in this season that God says, I'm going to put inside you that which you have not studied or trained for, but simply allow it to fill you to overflow and operate in your life. I hear the Lord say that gift that you've been wanting that you say, well, Lord, I want this to complement what you've done to me is available for you right now. That God is moving on your life right now. That something is being released over your life right now. Like the rainstorm that people were baptized in. There is a glory rain cloud in this place that is leaking anointing. That is leaking a leveling up. That is leaking the power of God onto your life. So I just release it in this room right now. The fire of God to release and level up the room, Father. That we be a church of people walking in power and authority. In destiny. God, that we have a level up in our families, in our church, in our job places. Father, that it's not just here, that it doesn't remain in this building, but God, it's leaked on us. So anywhere we go, we become ambassadors of the glory of God to the knowing of his glory. That anytime people come into contact with us, we are ambassadors that they must know the glory of God. Every gas station, every Walmart, every place we go, the presence of God goes with us. And people just have to know why we're different. Hallelujah. 
That where we go, like Catherine Coleman walking through an airport and people all around falling to the ground, getting healed, and she never prayed for any of them. Father, would you put that kind of knowing on us? Would you make us a people that God, that the people can't get away from God when they're around us? Shaka, risi I release the fire over this altar right now. I release that raining down, that glory, that enhance, that upgrade right now. And I say greater levels, greater levels, greater levels right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare this, new level, no new devil. In the name of Jesus, we don't level him up. We don't level him up. We don't level him up. In the name of Jesus, we don't level up the enemy in this house. We level up. He gets put down in the name of Jesus. So I declare every weapon formed against you shall not prosper and everything meant to keep you from leveling up. Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, the enemy has no more new strategies for them. And I declare right now that we got a room full of chain breakers. Problem solvers. Healers. Imparters. Prophesiers. In the name of Jesus, so I prophesy over you. You want a prophecy? Here's a prophecy. I prophesy over you right now. I prophesy over you right now that you came in burdened, but you're going to leave beautiful. That you came in broken, but God's going to leave you put back together. God says he's ironing out the wrinkles right now, and you're going to walk. You're going to walk in authority. So right now, Lord, I just decree and declare authority coming to this altar right now in the name of Jesus. We want to pray for you. Send us a message with your prayer requests through Facebook or email and let us know how we can pray for you today. Also, let us know how this message impacted your life. I love you. God loves you. Shalom.